Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Hey, everyone. Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy, along with my co-host for the podcast, also my partner in life, the beautiful, the hot, the ever awesome Rachel Campos oh, wow, Duffy. Sean, it's that's a, good... a really nice intro. <laughs> yeah, uh, good feeling, morning I'm and welcome. Good. I'm so happy to be back at our kitchen table with all of our listeners. And today, it's just you and I. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're going to do a little ranting about what's going on in the country. Yes. <laughs> As we were preparing for today's podcast, you're like, you just want to sit and rant about what's going on? I'm like, yes, I want to rant because today's a big day. Today is the show trial of the century where Democrats are going to have a hearing uh, on January 6th, right? They, they want to about January 6th. They want to lay out to the American people how evil the protesters were and how evil Donald Trump is, how the, this was an insurrection. They wanted to overthrow the government. And this is their time to actually present their evidence to the American people. And I, I want to take a second um, and, and talk about kind of how they've set this up and how this goes against every precedence that exists in the House. Because um, when you have a hearing in the House, th there's, there's a standard. Either a hearing will start at 10 o'clock in the morning or they'll start at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, sometimes hearings go a long time. You can have a hearing that'll start at 2 o'clock or even 10 o'clock and it'll bleed into the night, right? That happens all the time. But for this hearing, they're actually starting it at eight o'clock at night, right? Which is not normal. Listen, this is not normal at all. Um, and they brought in a, a ABC TV executive, James Goldston, to give a little pizzazz and a little life to the presentation of the American so is, people. Is he putting together like a package, like a video package, or what's he doing? Well, I think he's, he's there trying to help orchestrate the committee and how they present this, what order they may so go he's in. He's like producing the producing hearing. the hearing. That's right. So he's not he's not producing a video. He's literally producing the hearing. I, that's what he's doing. That's what, that's what we suspect he's been brought in for. Why else bring in an ABC executive so producer? Crazy. It is. And here's what's interesting. And you know this because I would always call you throughout the day. But members of Congress actually don't like hearings at night. Right. There's a reason yeah. for that. So. I, I'm going to pull the curtain back for you. Oftentimes, members, members of Congress, they'll go to dinner. They'll go to a fundraiser. They'll get together and have a, 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 a beer together. They'll go back to their offices and prep for the next day. Because the day is so packed. So busy. You, you, you have appointments every 15 minutes. I would look at Sean's schedule and 
I would get exhausted just looking at the schedule. So the, the, the evening is when they can decompress and also they can go out and go to fundraisers and raise money. So yeah, I could see why you guys would not like evening hearings. Unless you're trying to present to the American people a narrative. In primetime. In prime it's, it's about primetime. It's right? about primetime. That's right. The most viewers possible. All the big networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN, Fox Business, all So are they all carrying their-, their... They're going to carry it live. The only one that's going to stick with their regular programming, thank God, is going to be Fox News. But, but I don't understand because I've, I mean, you and I, A, know lots of members of Congress who have a very good pulse on what the American people care about and are thinking about and are talking about as they're on the campaign trail. But also through our own work, we know the news cycle. We have, you know, our own reporters who are on the ground talking to people, seeing what they care about. Oh, look, Valentina just walked in. We thought we, it, we thought it, we thought we had her occupied with Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, Clubhouse. but she just uh, came in anyway. But we know what people care about. And it I've not heard one poll that shows January 6th as a top issue for the Americans right now. And, and I've never seen the American people more angry about the economy, about crime, about what's happening at the border. Uh, I, I'm confused to why the Democrats would do this and put this up up as their top issue, but also why the media would, you know, these networks would do it for them because this is not a top issue. It's not. And I think to your point, Rachel, Americans would be delighted if there was a primetime ABC executive produced hearing on gas prices. Yeah, they could, or, they could air me going out to the oil rig. On Rachel to the oil rig. That's right. Or Rachel going to the border. We care about, you know, a 15,000 person caravan of people coming across our southern border, which, by the way, if you look at the mass of that caravan, that's the number of people that's coming into the country every day. They would care about that. They care about prices at the grocery store. They care about all the things that affect their their uh, their bottom line, their family budget. They would care. I think moms and dads across America care about the baby formula crisis or the impending as we hear. You know, there's going to be an inflation bomb coming up in the fall. That's right. Um, and we've talked to people like the, the CEO of Goya, Bob Unawe, and others who say, oh, my goodness, the food shortages. Um, and they're going to hurt the poor, um, not just in our country, but around the world. We're going to see, you know, rise in famine, actually. I mean, these are massive problems going on. And by the way, we still have a war in Ukraine for which we're, we just sent $40 billion. Um we just had a shooting in Uvalde um, that the country is still, you know, reeling heartbroken from. and reeling from. I just I'm in shock. I am, too. And and what concerns me even more is there's a there's a forever precedence in the House where uh, and it goes back to our founding, where uh, each party gets the opportunity to place their own members on committees. So if you look at the Ways and Means Committee, that's the tax writing committee. There's more Democrats than Republicans because Democrats have the majority, so they get more seats on Ways and Means, but Republicans get to put members on Ways and Means as well. And how do those members get on the committee? The, the, the party itself decides what member sits on what committee. Nancy Pelosi doesn't decide what Republicans sit on Kevin committees. Does. Kevin McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy does. does. And Kevin McCarthy doesn't decide what Democrats sit on a committee. So for the first time in this Congress, Nancy Pelosi has changed that the rule. First time in congressional history that this has happened. History, absolutely. She first started with saying, you know what? I don't like Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't what like I don't like what Marjorie Taylor Greene said 
before she was elected to Congress. I don't like her attitude. And so even though Kevin McCarthy and Republicans have placed her on a committee, I don't like it. And I'm going to vote to take her off. We in the majority. That was not this January 6th committee. This was a different. Committee. This was a different committee. Right. Yeah. So that was the first time she did it. But now she did it with the January 6th committee. She said, you know what? I don't think Republicans are really interested in finding the truth about January 6th. And therefore, I'm not going to let Kevin Carthy put Jim Jordan, Jim Banks. I'm not going to let him put Republicans on the committee to investigate what happened, to have a bipartisan effort in the House, which, by the way, happens for every committee. When I was on the select committee with uh, with Marsha Blackburn on the sale of baby body parts, we put Democrats on that select committee and every single one of them tried to thwart our work to find out how the abortion industry was selling little baby aborted body parts for a massive profit in what universities and businesses Look at how Valentina in the were, one time she chimed in was this issue. This issue. That's right. For you, Thank Valentina. you, Valentina. But this was they thwarted us, but they still had a right to be on the committee. Right. And we had a great debate. We had to be better on the committee to debate them on this really serious issue. And what's, what concerns me, Rachel, is this was not about finding the truth about January 6th, the good, the bad, the ugly. Who was at fault? The um, FBI, what, else? what role did the FBI play? Why don't we know the pipe who, who placed the pipe bombs? Why is there no, you know, um, information on that? I mean, there's so many things that are questionable. Why did. Why does our news keep saying that five Capitol policemen died? I heard that the other day okay. on the news. Yeah. They didn't die. I mean, it was a Trump supporter who was shot dead by a Capitol policeman who probably shouldn't have been a Capitol policeman because he had been you know, negligent with his own firearm in the past. All of these things. So who is on the committee from the Republican side that Nancy has? So, so what, I want to make one other point and we'll talk about that. But um, Brian Sicknick, if you recall, he was a Capitol police officer. Yes who uh, the news media, uh, again, they, they had to have known this was false from the very beginning. They said he had passed away because someone had hit um, him with like a fire, fire extinguisher or, or then someone had sprayed bear spray at him and he had died at the Capitol because of injuries sustained in the protest. But we later learned that he died at home from natural causes. And this was months later that we learned this. But that fit the narrative that this was a violent riot, a violent insurrection. And so. So, can, can, Sean, can you grab Valentina? Because she's tearing up your notes over there. She is. It's a lot of fun. I, listen, I apologize. Those are his notes for tonight for when he has to host the show. And they're all crumpled they're right all now. Listen, you, you said the kitchen table is what you get with us. Got, you know, I, here's a here's real problem. I, 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 I put Mickey Mouse Clubhouse on the computer and I didn't put it on the TV because I couldn't find the remote control for the TV. It's Which just is so typical in our house. I know we can't find anything. All right. So continue. So sick, Nick, I'm going to so, grab the papers while you tell so, the yeah, sick so, so this is they try to drive a, a, a certain narrative. And if you have Republicans um, who are going to ask questions about, well, if Do Donald Trump was supporting an insurrection, why did Donald Trump authorize up to 20,000 National Guardsmen to go to the Capitol. Why didn't the mayor of D.C. call those National Guard up? Why didn't Nancy Pelosi call those guards up? Why don't we have all the video that was shot? Why hasn't that all been released? Does that not fit the narrative? I think those are fair questions. How do you have a, how do you have a primetime hearing when you're and you're setting up the primetime here? You're Nancy Pelosi, but you've blocked hours of footage that uh, the, the Republicans have demanded to see. 
and you say no one can see that footage. And wh- why does no one care about the pipe bombs? I mean, that was part of the story. Right, right. Why hasn't the, why hasn't the FBI been able to find the people who uh, set the pipe bombs? I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating, right? And I think it's, it's important because if you're confident in your argument, if you're confident in your narrative, if you're confident in the, in the debate, you don't mind someone else stepping into the ring with you sure. and having that debate with you. But if you're not confident, if you're telling a false story, you're afraid of all the truth coming out because all the truth may not fit your narrative, then you have to silence that person. You have to prevent them from getting in the ring with you, which is exactly what Democrats have done on January 6th. Now, there are two Republicans that are <laughs> sitting on the committee. One is Adam Kinzinger. Adam is a I'm friend of mine. Republicans in quote. I know Adam's a- your friend. Adam's, are, Adam, Adam's a friend of mine. We came in to Congress in 2010 together. We disagree on this. We've talked about it over dinner. It's been heated with him because yes. we, we really disagree on what's happening, but he believes this. And the other is Liz Cheney. Bad lady. The, 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 the issue, though, is that Nancy Pelosi selected those two Republicans. The Republicans, Kevin McCarthy and the leadership team did not select our Republican members to serve on the committee. And that that's the problem with this. And um, so, again, this is going to be a show trial for everyone to see. But just know that this is a political trial. This is not about truth. This is not about bringing facts out. This is about presenting a political argument in prime time. And no, but you know, what? it's 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 more than that. Why are they continuing to pursue this? They in prime time, they want to change the conversation. And here's the question, Sean, will this work? Because every day, every day, people are passing the I mean, I've never you know, when we we used to gas up our cars, by the way, I would say 15 to one. I gas up the car next to Sean. Like I hate gassing up the car. So it's mostly Sean. I don't pay attention as much even then. You know, I never really paid attention to how much the gas was. Now, yesterday, I had to gas up the car on the way to Paloma's event. Our car, it was $135, Sean, to fill up the SUV. I see. And I went to a gas station in Bhutan, which we, the kids were like, dad says this is the cheap one. (laughs) So I went to that one and it was still so expensive. And the kids were like, Mom, did that say $135? Yep, $135. This, you and I can complain about it and it, and we don't like paying it, but we can put food on the table. There are people That's right. who cannot put food on the table now. Right now, they I just read an article that AAA said that they have more people stranded because what's happening is people aren't filling up the whole tank because- they don't have the money to fill up the whole tank. Okay. They don't have the 135. So they're putting 20 bucks in or 30 bucks in. And then they end up getting stranded on the roads or seeing this increase in people getting stranded on the road because they've run out of gas because they, they couldn't afford it. They, they couldn't, couldn't afford, afford to, to fill then. the tank. This is massive. And I don't think that this BS about January 6th is going to change the conversation about what's happening at the grocery store, what's happening at the gas pump. And people, by the way, on fixed incomes, who are struggling to figure out, am I going to pay for my medicine this month or am I going to buy, you know, my food? My groceries. Am I going to ride my bike? Can I get a scooter? Do I get a motorcycle? Do I get something that can get me to work cheaper that I can actually afford that's less than a Tesla? That's the conversation. But I think, was it Bear Rabbit who said, don't throw me into the briar patch? 
please don't throw me into the briar bath. Was Bear Rabbit? Bear. I don't know this story very well, Sean. But we went on the we go on the ride at Disney, but we don't go to Disney any longer. But that's the old oh, Disney well, ride, yeah, right? We're gonna go back to Disney. I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry, I cannot Disney. put up with this boycott on Disney World. I, listen, I say cancel Disney Plus, but no, no, Disney World I'm not is paying. Disney World. Nope, sorry. That's a different that's a different conversation, different show. Yeah, but as my, you look at little Valentina, my point, my, my point with that, though, I don't want to give give those radicals one of my hard earned dollars. I don't. Um, and I love my kids, but I hate Disney more than I, I love my kids to go to Disney. So there you go. <laughs> but that's not my that's not my point. My point is something different. No one's going to go to Disney. I think that economy is going to crap. I think that Republicans are sitting back and going, I can't believe how out of touch and how stupid Democrats are as every single American. So do you think when you talk oh. to members of Congress, I know you're just we're in D.C. When you talk to them, are they are they like are they looking at this trial going, oh, this is hilarious, like this is actually bad politics for the Democrats or are they like whatever? Well, I think they're, they're outraged uh, in how this whole thing has been set up. They're outraged because this is going to ruin longstanding precedent in the House right. because Kevin McCarthy is going to do the same thing back to Democrats because you can't have one rule when Democrats in power are in power. Uh, and then Republicans we go back to the that standard. all the time. Re Republicans. No, nope, they're not going to this time. But, really but I think what they're saying is we can't believe it because every single American cares so you about think this gas, will politically backfire. Blow. You think this right. will politically backfire? Or do you think people will get distracted and go, oh, white supremacy? No, no, no. So as you have if an you, insurrection, as you have the administration and Democrats basically saying there's nothing we can do about inflation. There's nothing we can do about the border. There's nothing more that we can do on gas prices. But let me tell you what I can do. I can have a hearing on January 6th. Americans don't care about January 6th. They go, if you're focused on January 6th, you're not focused on the fact that I can't I can't pay for my gas. You're not focused on the fact that I can't get baby formula. And I, you, you nursed most of our, our, our babies. But we with, had to with Valentina, with Valentina add formula made, to my breast milk because she wasn't uh, getting uh, enough calories. I can't imagine being a parent right now oh and not gosh. being able to get baby formula and feed your baby. Oh, my gosh. She had enough problems when she was born with all her issues and then to not be able to feed. I mean, the, the anxiety level for me would be through the roof. The and roof. by the way, you know, you had um, on you were hosting a Larry Kudlow show this week and you had on Elise Stefanik, who brought up such a great point because people forget about rural America. This is a massive problem for rural, rural Americans when you have a shortage of something as important and life saving as formula. You know, if you can't find if you can't find formula at your local grocery store. You've got to drive an hour. And if there's not any there, you've got to drive another hour to another store. And by the way, gas prices are through the roof. So you've just, you know, spent how many dollars trying to find formula? I mean, for people in rural areas who have to go the distance, this is absolutely and, and you can't just go. I'm not going to go get the formula. Or, or I'd say you're driving half an hour, 45 minutes to Walmart. And if you don't have formula and you drive half an hour, 45 minutes home, you got to go back the next day. And see if there's formula. Or try it in another town. And try another town. That's it's, right. It's 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 absolutely outrageous. But so I to, to that but point. But you think you think this is going to backfire? I think this is going to blow up in their face. I don't I don't think this moves the political needle. I think it just shows how out of touch they are that they don't care about the issues. I, mean, I, that I think face that that's Americans. true too. But sometimes we've seen Americans bite the bait of like you know getting distracted by that shiny ball of racism and white supremacy, and we've seen them. But I think you're right, Sean the the situation is different right now because so many people are hurting and it's one thing if everything's going great in america right. and you focus on this but when everything is going wrong 
focus on what's going wrong. And even if you can't fix the problem, you got to try to fix the problem. And when Democrats aren't even trying to fix the problem, they're not holding hearings on gas prices, on inflation. Um, Those things don't happen. So you go, do you not understand what I'm going through? So it's interesting because you and I were talking a little earlier about what, why we think they, they, I mean, because it politically speaking, this hearing is dumb, but also politically speaking, not fixing these problems seems really dumb. And you, you scratch your head and you go, I've never seen an administration not care about gas prices. This is my life. I mean, that's never been the case. Democrat, Republican. Why is that? Why is that? And it's so interesting. You get a hint of it when you saw um, Joe Biden on Jimmy Kimmel this week. So on Jimmy Kimmel's uh, show, Joe Biden came on. He got a softball interview from, of course, his big supporter, Jimmy Kimmel. And Jimmy Kimmel kind of sympathized with Joe Biden and said, hey, you know, I feel bad because you got these gas prices and every day. You know, it's like a billboard for people reminding them of, you know, inflation and and gas prices. And you can't, you know, and Joe Biden had this excuse. Of course, he said it was the fault of the oil companies and they don't want to produce, which makes no sense at all. But whatever the audience bought it. But then he said, look, I get it. People are upset about the prices of food and gasoline, but there are other expenses. And he talked about prescription drugs and he talked about childcare, and he said, We're helping you to lower those costs. And here's what I think is happening, Sean. What they're doing is they want to impoverish us. This is an administration that is deliberately trying to impoverish us and make us dependent because every solution they have is not to lower prices so we can be, you know, financially independent and live our lives. All of it, all of their solutions are subsidies for prescriptions, subsidies, government subsidies for um, you know, childcare, cancel student debt loan. All of it is meant to make us more and more dependent on them. And therefore they become more powerful. The less money you have, um, less freedom you have. And as you, as, as you start to feel poor because of Joe Biden's policies, then he steps in and says, I'm not going to actually fix it. I'm going to offer you these free things. These I'm going to offer you these off the government table. I'm going to offer you crumbs off the government and table. For those crumbs, they take your freedom because if you rely on the government for your food, for your housing, for your health care, they control you. You are not a free man and woman any longer. They are in charge of your life. And that's what they want. They want more power for themselves and less freedom for you. And that's what this is all about. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. 
we, we've been looking at the polls a lot. And I'm, I'm really grateful that Fox and Friends has, has been highlighting so many of these incredible polls of where Hispanics are, um, politically speaking, and how the Democrat Party has basically lost them, at least in this, in this election cycle. I've never seen numbers like this. It's absolutely astounding. No demographic is more disappointed, more um, upset with the Biden administration from a from a data polls perspective than Hispanics. Um, 60 percent say they are dissatisfied with with President Biden. Almost 60 percent say they will not vote for President Biden, that they will vote for a Republican. We've never seen this before. And I'll tell you the reason why is Hispanics have seen this before, you know, right. Nicolas Maduro and, and, and on so many levels, they've seen the corruption, but they've seen this kind of deliberate um, mismanagement of the economy um, and handing off. I mean, a lot of this green energy crap, Sean, is about paying off their high donors um, who are creating so many of these you know, solar panels and have these deals with China to create all this electric stuff. All of this is is paying off their friends. All of this is about making us more dependent. You and I had a podcast, which if you if you haven't seen it, our listeners can go back and get. We interviewed, if you recall, Sean, two Venezuelans. Um, That's right. And it was a powerful, powerful podcast. And at one point we asked them, when did you know that things were really going down in Venezuela? Because as you know, Sean, I lived in Venezuela um, when Venezuela was still a wonderful country to live in. Um, it takes a while for the degradation and the and the dysfunction to really start to impact. And I asked them, what when did you know that it was going down? It's OK. It's all right. Um, she, she's upset about what happened in Venezuela as well. I know, I know. Nicolas Maduro, he ruined everything there. It started with Chavez. Um, anyway, and they said we knew it was going down when the justice system, we saw the economic stuff, but then when the justice system became corrupted, when there were two tiers of, of justice, when, when one side was controlling um, who could go to jail and who didn't. And, and don't you feel like we're in that situation from the January 6th hearing that we're seeing the way those protesters were treated versus the ones who actually caused death and destruction in the summer um, of 2020 to, you know, everything that we see with prosecutors, which I know drives you nuts as a former prosecutor. But not only that, Rachel, so so you have the premise of the January 6th show trial tonight. Um, which is this was an insurrection. They were trying to overthrow the American government, overthrow the election, which, by the way, you look at the video and you see, you know, again, I'm, I'm not defending people who went to the Capitol. I, you know, I were really upset about I, that. I, I, this, you love the Capitol. I love the Capitol. I cried when I went in the first time and I was upset that that people would bust in and they would do that. But if you look at what they actually did, if we're being fair to them, so many people were like just walking through the rope lines. Touring. They're doing a tour of the Capitol. And why, by the way. Why did the Capitol Police let them in? And, I mean, I've gone to the Capitol. You have to go through a metal detector. No. You have to go. I mean, why were they just let in? That is the most bizarre thing. That should be the top issue and again, in the hearing tonight. I believe that if you commit a crime, you should be prosecuted. But, you know, you shouldn't be a political prisoner and held, you know, in, in jail for, for, you know, a year plus. I, I don't think that makes sense. But By the way, there are young women. Crimes, some of these some of these people who have been have been committed suicide committed because suicide. they've been. But but so, but I think what else is interesting, Rachel, and, and I don't think the media and the Democrats want to talk about when we talk about insurrection, overthrowing an election, that's the premise of January 6th. But that's actually what Democrats tried to do. Hillary Clinton and the Russia collusion, it was a hoax. It was made up 
by the Democrat campaign. It was made up by Hillary Clinton and her team, and they fed it to the FBI. They fed it to the media, and the media drove a story on Russia collusion. Donald Trump is an agent of Russia. Donald Trump has sold America out to the Russians. Donald Trump won the election only because the Russians interfered and helped get him elected. All of that is false. But they spent four years bashing, demonizing, chastising Donald Trump, and they impeached him twice because of this Russia collusion narrative. They were trying to take out a duly elected president. Yes. And it it wasn't just Democrats. It was the FBI. It was the DOJ. And it was the media all working together to undo an election. And so when you talk about an insurrection, when you talk about, you know, someone trying to subvert democracy, they were trying to subvert democracy. It was a lot more sophisticated yes. than the average American who came from small town America and or went to the capital. Che- weird Chewbacca guy that was like, you know, sitting in. I mean, listen, I don't like that he went into the House uh, chamber, but who has more power? All of those forces that were colluding that you just laid out. Or the Chewbacca guy. I mean, give me a break. And by the way, yeah, I mean, I just and so, so and so. Where are the here? Where are the hearings on you know the the Democrat and media and FBI and DOJ attempt to overthrow Donald Trump's presidency, based on a complete lie? And by the way, the FBI knew that, the DOJ knew that, the uh, the media had to know that. And I remember going on. I would, I did a lot of CNN then, I, and I was in Congress. I went on oh, all the time, yes, and I kept pushing back. Uh, on, on this narrative that they drove every single day. And what I found fascinating, Rachel, was that they talked about Donald Trump and Russia collusion, not like a couple times a day, every single hour of every every hour of programming, seven days a week, they wow. talked about Russia collusion. And I was amazed to go, how do you guys continue to come up with an, an, a new narrative or a new point that you could talk about it all day long? And they did. And then, and, and then, and then by the way, a couple of weeks ago, when Durham proved that through his hearing and, and through the testimony um, in, in, in the in, yeah, in, in his testimony in the court of uh, Sus- uh, the, the court trial of, of Sussman, uh, one of the was it Robbie Mook who came out and right. said, oh, yeah, we knew it was, you know, not legit. And, and, and by the way, Hillary knew, too, when all of that stuff came out. We went through at Fox to see how much of that was covered by the media. Zero seconds given Zero seconds. to the uncovering of the hoax. So they spend four years, rent about four minutes, four days, four weeks, four months, four years on Russia collusion. And then they're exposed as they covered a hoax. Some of them received Pulitzer Prizes for their reporting yeah. in the media. I think Trump's suing right now to because he wants those Pulitzer Prizes removed. removed. <laughs> <laughs> so he's suing. He I think he's su- is he suing the organization that puts out the Pulitzer I, Prizes? I don't know. Something like that. I read something about it. <laughs> Sounds like him. But again, that was and it comes back to this idea of most Americans probably don't know that it was the hoax. They don't know that, you know, the Democrats have now admitted that this was all made up by Hillary Clinton. They still think that Donald Trump colluded with Russia. They think it's an insurrection on January 6th. And it just goes to show you the power of the media and the narrative that they can drive and how effective Democrats can be in this fundamental transformation of America when they have the media on their team amplifying and reiterating their message over and over again. It's a really powerful tool. But that's why alternative media matters, being able to talk 
about issues that are truthful, that are outside of, you know, the, 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 the leaders of, of, of big media, but also why it's so important then for Democrats to shut down free speech, to say, I can't let you talk about Russia collusion in January 6th and vaccines and masks. I can't let you get in the way with your conversation and your speech on my effort to transform America and drive a certain narrative into the American people's minds. I can't let that happen. So I have to work overtime to shut you down. Yeah, that's all they want to do. They want to suppress any kind of dissent. Um, By the way, uh, I think that Josh Hawley, Senator Josh Hawley, came out with a whistleblower who exposed a letter that was an internal memo um, because Biden tried to say and his administration tried to say, no, 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 the disinformation board was about foreign. We wanted to, you know, foreign disinformation. foreign disinformation. And then the whistleblower sent the memo to Josh Hawley, who then exposed it and showed that, no, they were after domestic dissent. So this is, again, mark my words. Hispanics are onto this. They've seen this before. They've seen this kind of censorship before. They've seen this kind of authoritarianism before they, the corruption that you see with Hunter Biden and the Biden family and all of that, all of that is stuff we've seen with the Castro's and the, and the, and the Chavez's and the Maduro's of the world. Um, the Biden's are the, the Castro's and the Maduro's and the Chavez's of American politics. Um, this kind of inflation and um, dysfunction and economic pain Hispanics have seen it before. That's why they came here. And they're looking at this going, what the heck is happening to America? I'll tell you what, Sean, one last thing. When we, when I was at the border, a group of guys had just, I mean, they were wet. They just had crossed over the Rio Grande. They were sitting on the edge. Uh, the uh, the uh, National Guard was waiting for Border Patrol to come pick them up. And I got a chance to talk to them before Border Patrol got there. Because if Border Patrol got there, I wouldn't be allowed to talk to them for the most part. So I started talking to them. We had an interesting conversation about where they came from, what they were doing. They were Cubans, by the way. Most of the people that I, I saw that day were Cubans. And it was a Cuban day. It was a Cuban, Cuban day. Illegal it was a Cuban day. day. And you have a heart for Cubans. Um, but Cubans. leaving leaving uh, leaving that kind of authoritarianism. I, and I believe, by the way, that they're letting some of these guys that are dissidents leave because they want to have less troublemakers on the island. But anyway, that said, I said, well, why, why are you coming? He said, it's really expensive where we live. And I was like, it's pretty expensive here right now, too. Um, you know, the conditions that people are leaving in Latin America are, are very rapidly becoming the conditions here. And so this is why, full circle, this hearing, Sean, you believe will backfire. Because what people, what Americans care about, um, whether you're Hispanic, Black, White, Asian, is the economy. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Since the 1970s, working class Americans and U.S. investors who saved wealth in dollars have seen the dollar lose over 80% of its purchasing power. In contrast, investors who diversified their cash into gold saw gold appreciate over 5,000%. For Americans who invested $50,000 in gold when America left the gold standard in the 70s, their gold is worth more than $2.5 million today. While gold carries no guarantees and past performance does not equal future results, investors who do their own research will see that gold's performance over this time span is what gold has consistently done in the face of eroding paper currencies. For over 15 years, St. Joseph Partners has built its business with a singular focus on helping investors diversify their wealth and protect their families in physical gold and silver you hold in your hand. 
Don't let your hard-earned savings go unhedged. Call St. Joseph Partners or go to our joint website, kitchengold.net, not .com. That is kitchengold.net and protect your wealth. You, you, you're right. You mentioned demo, I mean, the Hispanic support. Only 26% of Hispanics support Joe Biden. And I mean, th- th- this is like a 60% voting block for Democrats. Oh. And only 26% of Hispanics now support Joe Biden. And that's going to bleed into Democrat House and Senate races this fall. But what I think matters, too, is just this week, Joe Biden's approval rating. It's been at 42, 43 percent, really low. But uh, just in the last week, it's now fallen down to 39 percent. So really? it's dropped. It's dropped again. And so is, where is that historically, like, well, say, with Trump or with Bush? listen, Trump was low at 44 percent. Um, but you're, you're, you can get down to 45, but then that's only a brief time. Then you pop up to 48, maybe 50, you're, you're doing great, but 39% is cataclysmic. And so I believe, and so do you, I believe in having a a limited tax base, right? Let's, let's, let's lower taxes. Let's streamline regulation. Let's give people more freedom. And if we do that, they'll innovate, they'll create, they'll start businesses. There'll be more jobs. There'll be a growing middle class. And because of that economic activity, more money actually comes into the federal coffers. I believe that, with the t- by the way, with the tax uh, uh, cuts with Donald Trump that we did in uh, 2018, that's actually what happened. Yeah. We got greater growth. We got more revenue into the federal coffers. We had a booming economy. Donald Trump streamlined regulation. Our ideas actually worked for the American people. However, if we did that, Rachel, and those ideas didn't work, I wouldn't be such an ideologue that I go, I have to stick with this policy because I'm an ideologue, even though it's not working and even though it's not going to work. Because there is a percentage of people that the kind of people that love AOC. And there's probably about 30 percent, 30 some percent of Americans who are like that, who actually want us to become a dependent society, a socialist society, a a communist type society, dependent on the government with everything centralized from the top down. They hate small business owners. So many of the people who were at the the January 6th um, protest were small business owners who were absolutely devastated and crushed. And by the way, if you look at all of these communist revolutions, the first group of people they have to take out are independent small business owners because those are the most wily, hardest to control people. And they actually demonized them and tried to make the, the people think that they were bad people and they were, you know, evil capitalists and all this kind of stuff. This is what they do. Um, this is what happens. And so, listen, I think there are uh, there is definitely a percentage of people who believe that we should become more of a socialist communist country. And I think that the Democrats have a very um, they have a lot of optimism for the future. Because I believe they go, yeah, we'll get crushed in this midterm. We may even lose the presidency. But Barack Obama has put in the administrative state. It's there. It's permanent. It's not leaving. It's not impacted by um, by uh, elections. And that's why they've they've basically put in the Green New Deal um, through the administrative state. Uh, AOC is one. And you said this the other day on television, Sean, the most powerful woman in Congress is AOC, that your gas prices are AOC. She actually popularized this and made it feasible in some way in the Democrat Party ideologically. And then they they couldn't get the votes, but they did it through the through the through the um, administrative state. And so there's a bunch of young kids who think just like AOC and they're coming through the university system. They're all you know, you saw the the. 
the Harvard poll that came out, like 90% of all the kids at Harvard are hardcore liberals. Yeah. Um, these are the people that are going to be running our country. And that's the hope the Democrats have for the future. It, it, it is the hope they have for the future. And but again, to, to my point, too, it's like that they wouldn't change course on oil and gas. They wouldn't change course on crime. They wouldn't change course on the border. They're so that they're so ideologue, ideologues that they won't look and say these policies aren't working. The American people hate the policy. I better change course. They're such believers that they're going to stick on this course. And again, even have the hearing tonight, but also stick with the policies through the election and agree to get crushed. Um, is actually shocking to me. And it shows there's a lack of care for the people you represent. Lack of compassion. Absolutely. And, and more of a care for your ideological beliefs, which that's not why you should run. You should be, you should run to serve people, make their lives actually better. And so again, it's, this is, this, this is, this it's is troubling. intentional. Sean. It's hard. I know it's hard for us to wrap our heads around it, but it truly is intentional on their part. Cause we're riffing and rolling. Can I make one last point? Sure. Again? You look at the the, the 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 shooter, the guy that went to uh, Justice Kavanaugh's house with a gun, with a knife, with zip ties, with duct tape to actually murder Justice Kavanaugh. And his family, probably. You look at the firebombing of, uh, uh, of pro-life. a pro-life facility in Wisconsin, and there's pro-life facilities around the country that have in, been. There's another state that had one. They've been attacked. You look at the BLM riots where, where buildings are burned, they're looted, people are beat up. That was peaceful, Sean. That was that peaceful. violence is absolutely okay because Democrats agree with the movement behind that violence, right? But if you're a Republican who protests at the Capitol and you don't beat anybody up, that's now white supremacy. That's now racism. That's now violence. And worthy of a prime time <laughs> show trial. Show that's trial. Right. And that's and that's and that is the art of saying my violence is worthy. And if you're violent, we are going to condemn you. And as conservatives, any violence, whether it comes Political from the right wrong. or the left, we always condemn it. And Democrats will condemn conservative violence, but never liberal violence. And I think Americans have to stand together, whether Democrat or Republican, and condemn all political violence and say, you know what, the, the place for these conversations, the way we resolve these conflicts is by debate, by voting by you know, having an, an argument on issues. It's not with guns, it's not with fists, it's not with firebombs. That's not, what, that's not the way we do it in America. And if anyone tries that, we all condemn it. You don't get a, you don't get a gold medal because you know, you're protesting outside of Judge Kavanaugh's house, by the way, violating the law. We're gonna condemn it because we don't believe that any protester should try to influence any judge or any jury. That's why it's against the law. And they're like, no, but I agree with the protesters and I hate Kavanaugh. So I'm going to say I, I, that law shouldn't matter. Let them go protest. This is the, the two tiered justice, justice system that right. the Venezuelans warned us about. They were on. And so again, I just, I, I wanted to cover this, this January 6th trial with you today, Rachel, and kind of, it feeds into so many other themes that are happening in the country. If you want to tune in tonight, uh, you know, feel free. Just know that this is for show. This is not a. This has not been a bipartisan effort. You're not getting the truth. You're getting politics tonight, given to you by ABC, NBC, CBS, and the Democrat Party, and an ABC executive producer. That's what you're going to get. And if you want to see the show, great. But if you want to see the good commentary on it, 
check out Tucker Carlson, who's going to be doing his show and talking about their show trial as well, not covering it live, but giving commentary on the bogus proceedings that are happening tonight in the house. Um, it might, it might actually bring up more questions to me. Maybe after the show trial, there will be more American pressure on, you know, Hey, FBI, you went after a bunch of parents for being domestic terrorists. How about finding the, the guys who supposedly put the pipe bombs in front of uh, the D the DNC offices and the RNC offices. So these are all things that um, we need to find out about, but we'll, we'll just have to see how it all goes. See if it backfires on them, Sean, I, I, want to thank I, I have to believe that American people do not care about this. They, they, they care they, about the gas. They, they don't care, care about the food prices. I'm just going to make one comment as we close this out. Um, you can get like three times. You can tell that we are parents <laughs> of nine and we apologize because Valentina has been hanging out all podcast. Valentina, and, do you want to say something? And parents who can Hi. actually focus on a conversation and ignore their ninth child. It's <laughs> impressive um, yeah, because it's so I know true. most parents would be distracted. We're like, Oh yeah, that's fine. Just, I wonder if our, our, our listeners are, are they either like uh, are distracted by it or they're like, oh, we we totally understand this kind of background noise. You mean your nanny didn't take her? To, we don't have that. We don't we have, don't have we, we, we are. We, there's no child care in this house. It's us. <laughs> <laughs> Nine kids. Yeah. All in. That's why I'm getting so great. But listen, I want to thank you all for joining us. Um, this is a really important conversation. These are important times. And this is a, an, an important part of the Democrat narrative that has to be exposed and, you know, to sit around and talk about this, I think is incredibly important, Rachel. And yeah. thanks for, you know, sitting at, let me sit at your kitchen table or you sit at my kitchen table. What's our kitchen table. You know what? I, I do think that it's really important to have your, your insight on, on just how somebody who's seen how the house runs, there's been so many unprecedented things, you know, from metal detectors um, being placed before members of Congress could walk through the house to all these members on the Democrat side who to this day are not voting in person. These are things that never happened um, in America Fancy before. The They're still voting from their homes. Proxies, yeah. Um, by proxy vote. Um, you know, there's so many th rules and precedents and and traditions and standards that have been broken by Nancy Pelosi in order to, to do what she wants to do. And this is just another one of them. And so I, it's really great to have your perspective on that, Thank Sean. You. If, if you hadn't been in the House, you know, we might have thought this was normal. And I think so many things over the last two years um, have been normal. so not normal. And it's important for us as Americans to call out and go, we want things to return to the way they were and to tell people and, and that this is not normal, to not normalize this new political environment that the Democrats have created for us, both in government and just sort of nationwide. We, we can always improve America, but stop trying to wreck it so you can rebuild it. Yeah, stop trying to fundamentally Let's, transform America. We liked it before. I, I we, we just did that episode on... On Top Gun, we kind of want to return to the 80s. It was kind of nice back we then, do. wasn't it? It is. And we're going to do, coming up, we, we talked Ooh, about yeah, how, we're do, this is going to be great. how Tom Cruise looks really good um, at, what, 60 years old? And No, he doesn't look good. He looks amazing. Okay, he's amazing. Whatever. Just, whatever. <laughs> but but you, Sean, like, you've been so impressed. He, you've been like, what is, Sean, what, like, what, is, what is Tom Cruise what is, doing? Is, is he is he taking some kind of hormone? Is he is he just working out really well? Is he eating well? So does he have gonna, a special chef macrobiotic we're diet? We're gonna bring in a doctor um, who specializes in sort of health and staying restorative youthful. Restorative health, anti aging. You know the kind of doctor that all these really rich celebrities would go to 
to turn back the clock. So we are going to answer the question. But we can't, we all, none of us can what afford. What is Tom Cruise doing? We're going to get the advice for free. What is, well, how do we all look like Tom Cruise? How do we put a little work in? <laughs> this is in a great all, topic. I was so, so excited for this. Yeah, that's coming up. That's coming up. Uh, I believe we'll do it next week or the week after. We got we to gotta get our doctor booked. So uh, that's coming up. It'll be a great conversation. Um, and again, we, I so enjoy sitting down and chatting with you and sometimes Valentina when she's not so loud. Yeah, Valentina. <laughs> was more interested in us than Mickey Mouse. So, That's all right. right. We thank you for joining us at the kitchen table. If you like this podcast, we'd love if you would rate or review it at wherever you rate or review your podcast. And we'll look forward to seeing you around our kitchen table next week. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.